Hello fellow Arkhamites and welcome back to our weekly meetings where we dissect every dirty case file in Gotham. And um, it's safe to say that there was a lot of dirt going around this week. It was an extra shady episode, even for Batwoman standards. But before we dirty our hands, if this is your first visit, I am Fran. I will be hosting this episode, but we switch up every week. I'm joined by my favorite cellmates, Anna and Inish. Say hi, girls. Hi. Hi. All right. So if you're a recurrent listener, you'll have noticed that I was MIA last week. I mean, um, Anna tried to spread some rumors about me, but <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. Anna, you should know, we don't kiss and tell at Arkham. We don't kiss and tell. <laughs> Yes, that was our new jingle, a revamped original production made especially for our podcast by a very dear friend. So thank you for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As always, don't forget to follow us at Arkham underscore archives on both Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This podcast is available on all main platforms, including Spotify and Apple podcasts. But now let's get into antifreeze the most recent chapter of our lovely show. This week, our characters got a break from searching for Batman's uh, missing items and got to go to a special event honoring Gotham's 30 under 30. Of course, things couldn't just go smoothly, and Sophie's sister Jordan ended up getting kidnapped by some very questionable people who we later learned were working for a secret society of the rich and powerful called Black Glove. Personally, I loved this week's episode, honestly. Um, I was growing a bit tired of the one villain episodic formula, and I hadn't noticed that uh, I was missing something different until I watched Antifreeze and ended up having more fun than I had had since the season premiere. So uh, I guess my first question is, what did you guys think about the break from Batman's Gallery of Rogues? And did you also notice a difference in the feel of the episode? Yes, it was so much fun. Um, I was telling this to Ines before, but I'm gonna tell it now again. I was really tired the day uh, the episode premiered, so I was thinking of watching it before going to bed, but because I was feeling tired, I was hoping it wasn't going to have um, a huge plot point that would be too difficult for me to comprehend, because (laughs) I wouldn't be able to do it. And then Batwoman just gives me the most fun episode we've had in a while. And I was so thankful. It was it was the best. <laughs> it's kind of nice how um, how fun these gruesome episodes are. I think Batwoman changing to a, a new time schedule allowed for it to become a lot darker, and I I quite enjoy that. But I also really enjoyed taking a small break from the villain of the week format with the show using something that had already been established. Uh, in the previous episode to introduce not just a new problem but new characters and a future threat to uh, you know to our bad team and I personally feel the episode felt very tense and urgent so it really grabbed my attention very well Uh, and I really like uh, or I tend to like when we stray away from the typical uh, you know, superhero show format and start digging into the season's overarching plot. And I think Batwoman usually manages to balance the two quite well. Like uh, like you put it, you know, 
we were starting to grow a little tired of the villain of the week, so now they hit us with uh, with this storyline with black uh, yes. uh, black love and Jada Jet being into it, and I don't know. I have a feeling that uh, it kind of is going to light a fire under everyone's ass a bit, <laughs> you know, and transmit this sense of urgency that we felt onto the characters. I really like the way this season is going. I like the pacing. I like that in a similar fashion we got introduced to Poison Ivy but not really so that's like a thought that's gonna hang in the air for a bit and I mm -hmm. really like that it seems the writers are thinking about the season as a whole and not just you know episode by episode. Yeah yeah sure. I agree. I love that this episode finally advanced the actual overarching plot of the season, which will be, like you said, the Black Love uh, Society and Jada as the main villains. Uh, but I also love that it really focused on each of the characters' personal problems exactly. that had been introduced in the previous three episodes in a way that we hadn't really gotten into yet. So I wanted to ask you guys, who did you think were the two standout characters in this episode? Because I kept changing my mind. You know, I I also have a problem answering that question because I think that overall the screen time was fairly balanced. Uh, but I think Sophie got her five minutes in this episode, which frankly had been lacking a little this season. Uh, you know, not like she wasn't getting any screen time, but she wasn't... Um, she didn't have a proper storyline so far this season. Yeah. And now she has uh, her sister to look out for. Uh, she has Alice, which we'll get into later. Um, but it was really nice to see her, you know, be more involved and be involved uh, other than her interactions with the Bat family, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I also think uh, Sophie and Mary were probably my favorites in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, because, like you said, um, they got to have their personal stories explored a bit more and not in relation to a villain, but we got to see them be more personal. Uh, Sophie with her feelings towards Ryan and also um, we got to have a dynamic with Alice as well. And then we get to explore Mary and her being left out of the team and I just love when we get to really get character development that it's not related to a villain. So these kind of episodes are my favorite. I also agree that uh, Mary stood out in this episode, uh, mostly because she's just a brilliant character and I fucking love her. Um, I recall doing the live tweet for the episode on our socials and I was just gushing about how smart Mary is. So, uh, yeah, I love Mary, and I think she she really stood out this episode. I agree with you. Yeah, Mary and Sophie are legit my top two characters on the show, and I also uh, selected them as my standout characters for the episode, but I was thinking maybe I'm being a, li a little bit biased, and I was <laughs> waiting for your you guys' opinions, because I know, for example, Anna loves um, Alice, and Inez, you love Ryan. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, okay, maybe they had a little dif uh, different perspective, and I'm just the one paying more attention to Sophie <laughs> and Mary, because I love them. 
so much, but I guess it was um, it was a consensual opinion between <laughs> the group. Uh, no, I agree that it was Mary and Sophie because uh, even though I love Ryan and Alice, I think this episode was also really cool for them, but it was, how do I explain it? It was kind of more of the same, like they were brilliant, but we've mm -hmm. seen that before. And I think the big difference is that we haven't had that before for Mary and Sophie, that they get yes. the spotlight. So I was definitely paying more attention to them than I was uh, to the other characters that I, I also love, of course. I feel the same way uh, because I feel like Ryan was still very much at the center of the episode, you know, as she should. She's the lead character. Yeah. But, um, you know, we also got to see Luke come to terms with not being ready to wear the suit. We got to see Alice getting the help she needs. Uh, I think it was a win-win for all the characters and us mm -hmm. as viewers overall. But it's like you said, I feel like Mary and Sophie were kind of not sidelined, but um not as important to the previous episodes as they were now i mean we had that whole mary episode at the beginning of the season but you know we haven't had like these type of moments for them for a bit and i really enjoyed it yeah i also have to say that uh it was very cool to see mary being the hero of the day because yeah. she found a cure mm -hmm. for the freezing formula And we obviously Ryan is usually the hero. We've seen Luke be the hero by saving Ryan because he's Batwing now and he actually gets to go to the field. Um, but Mary is very rarely the one that saves the day, so to speak. And um, I love that she got to have that kind of moment this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's so underrated. Like, she's a doctor. They should use, use her more than just for her to fix when someone is sick or they need help because yeah. she's a doctor. She has a lot of science knowledge that I think they don't use as much as they should. Rights for Mary, <laughs> always. <laughs> um, do you guys think that Mary was affected in any way by Poison Ivy and whatever experience she had in the park overnight, do we think that her developing powers is a possible scenario for the future? Do we think that it's not going to be that major and I'm just making theories out of uh, nothing? <laughs> I think everything is valid at this point. Uh, like every thought of ours and every, every theory Because I honestly have no idea where they're taking uh, Mary's whole thing with Ivy this season. I just know that mm -hmm. I love it, you know? Uh, <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say either Ivy or whoever it is that's using the vines uh, wants Mary's help or will be using her as a test subject of sorts. Right. However, <laughs> however, though... Uh, I respectfully choose to believe the first option, but that's because, you know, being aware of Ivy's origin story, of having been experimented on herself, uh, I really don't want to believe she'd use Mary uh, in that way. Okay. Yeah, but I have a theory that it's kind of, I don't think it will happen, but it would be fun that um, Ivy would be using Mary to be on her side 
I don't think Poison Ivy is evil, but I think maybe she has an agenda and it would be so cool if she was using Mary uh, to be on her side and maybe it's spy on agenda. the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, be on her team and plan something against the team, you know? Uh, so she would, Mary would kind of be evil. That would be so fun. And gay. Yes, evil and gay. <laughs> of course. I want to go hand in hand. That makes a lot of sense because we have been building up to Mary uh, being separated from the rest of the team. Exactly. Her, and we've mentioned this over and over. So someone paying attention to her and kind of being like, hey, you're actually a genius and mm-hmm. you're not being yes. appreciated enough by your peers. So join me. I think that that is a, a logic uh, following to what we've been introduced so far this season with Mary. So now let's get into Wildmore, which is always the <laughs> topic for everyone. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I love the direction that they are going with for them. I quite like the, am I attracted to Ryan or am I just lonely approach that they had with Sophie this episode? Because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, when you only have one lesbian around you, it's quite easy to fall into that thought pattern. And I thought that kind of allowed us to address that issue as well that we brought up in this podcast before, that uh, Ryan and Sophie shouldn't just get together because they're the last two standing gay women on the show, yeah. mm-hmm. but because they really are into each other. And I liked it and it got me more on board because I was on the fence exactly because uh, it felt a lot like, hey, they're both lesbians and they're both um, they're both single. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me for a little bit. And I think that we're finally give, giving them a lot more depth. Uh, that and well, the uh, intense staring they did all throughout this week's episode, that also helped. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think? Uh, you know, after going through every single person uh, in Gotham, every single, you know, <laughs> uh, lesbian in Gotham, I think it was bound for... Sophie to eventually <laughs> make her way to to Ryan but I have to agree with you in the sense that I'm glad the show is kind of addressing some of the concerns people had uh with Wildmore as a ship and you know I personally think the pacing of these two is moving along a lot faster than I initially expected uh but I'm not mad about it in the slightest you know Uh, Because it's clear the writers are aware of what they're doing with them. And uh, we've all been, you know, anticipating some sort of back and forth between Ryan and Sophie. And I think we're getting it one way or the other. Whether it be by, you know, those type of am I lonely or do I really like you thoughts that we have this episode. Or, you know, by maybe having them uh have a go at a relationship in the future only for it to fail miserably at first um Mm -hmm, definitely (laughs) overall though i really like wildmore have always had uh especially from the second half of the past season and i'm really glad the show is leaning that way like we said last week i love for them to keep navigating this sort of fun tension between the two uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for a while before actually, you know, committing to anything. But, you know, I'm down for the ride. 
Yeah, I was just smiling throughout this whole episode because it was just so much fun. And I love that we were right from the last podcast episode uh, that Jordan is literally there just to tease them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sophie about Ryan. And it was so fun when she said, uh, why not? Ryan is hot as fuck, so why are you not going for it? It was exactly. just, yes, Jordan, I agree. I love Jordan. <laughs> also, the, the chicken soup dream part oh, of the conversation was yeah. really funny. We've all been there. We've all been there. Oh, Sophie. Also, I just have to say that even though Mary and Sophie won my heart this week, I thought Ryan was so cute and hot and confident in this episode. Yeah. Like, can I get some of whatever she's been eating for breakfast? Because I loved it. <laughs> Yeah. And Javicia's delivery of the Have you met me line sent legit shivers down my spine. She was iconic this episode. That line was so good. I remember watching yes. the episode and thinking, that's my baby and I'm so proud. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I agree with you. I don't think I don't know what's in the water at the Wayne Tower, but I'm living for it. <laughs> I'm loving this confident side we we are seeing of Ryan. Um, you know, who's just ready to take on everything and anything head first this season. She's serving looks, she's serving attitude, she's doing a great yes, job, in my yes, opinion, at, uh, <laughs> at managing the team, uh, you know, other than ignoring Mary at the beginning of the episode. But, you know, we all yeah. have our, we all have our flaws. Uh, yeah, but yeah. when she was like, when she was like, yes, I'll listen to you, but can you do it while I walk? I was like, <laughs> yeah, and then she promised Ouch. her drinks and that didn't happen either. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, like, like, come on, Ryan. <laughs> but the only thing Ryan truly has me stressing about is her teaming up with Marquis. I think that's a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, that will end bad, as we discussed. And it's kind of uh, bad that she's trusting him that fast. I'm like, Ryan, you've, you've been through this. Like, you should have learned. I think she's just so happy she has that connection that and that he's against Jada as well that mm -hmm. she's not seeing it clearly but it's a bit out of character I think for her to trust him so fast mm -hmm. and she's making decisions uh without thinking too much she's mm -hmm. making impulsive decisions and that never ends well so mm -hmm. I don't think she's entirely you know blind to it because she has some reticence about it mm -hmm. but I think she really is seeing him as her only resource without you know giving much thought to other possibilities yes that's what I meant like obviously she knows the risks mm -hmm. but she's not she could have taken a little bit more time to decide but also I think it's a writing decision in the sense that she just, they just want to kick off the storyline. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the way to do that is through the characters, in that if something seems a bit rushed, sometimes that has to happen for stories to kick off because, you know, it's not the real world, it's a show and there's a narrative that you have to uh, uphold. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So let's get into Luke's storyline, which is also developing quite well. Uh, maybe it's the least fleshed out between all of the characters, but it's still been ca captivating to watch. So what do you guys think is working or might be missing from it? I really like the realization that he had at the end of the episode uh, when he said, I'm not ready to wear the suit, am I? 
that really broke me, but I think it was necessary that um, he himself said that out loud. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where his story is going, actually. Uh, I hope he gets some help with the PTSD, and I think he, he will. But I don't think if he's going to get back on the field uh, quickly, or if he's going to realize, oh, this is not for me, and then somewhere along the season he needs to help uh, Ryan and he puts him on his suit again and something goes wrong. I don't know. I I don't know if that's the direction that they want to go in. Uh, I don't know either. Um, I haven't really, you know, thought much ahead. <laughs> I mostly thought about this episode and how I really liked the development that Luke had and how it felt very... Uh, you know, organic to the character. And uh, going back to what Fran asked about, you know, what's working and what's not. I think that the whole thing with Luke is working because we know he tends to be, you know, a very withdrawn character. Uh, mm -hmm. Like for a while now, we've seen him want to deal with his things on his own for the most part. And he's only really let the rest of the team in when they basically force themselves <laughs> into into his business, you know, like Mary did in the first season with uh, the whole thing about his dad's killer that wasn't really his dad's killer, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think it works because it's very in character of Luke to do that. But I also think it's lacking for the same reason, almost. Uh, in the sense that two whole seasons have gone by and Luke is still not letting people in and mm -hmm. not accepting their support that much. So it's a little frustrating as a viewer. And I think uh, there'd be some more involvement from myself if there was more involvement from the other characters also. I still love Luke, though, and I think Cameras is doing a great job with the character. I agree that it felt so dislocated in this episode. Uh, he feels a bit alone, but maybe it's intentional. And um, my main question right now is whether Luke and Mary are going to reconcile. Yeah. Or um, <laughs> if they're going to have a heart-to-heart. And I think whether the answer to that question is yes or no will determine the rest of the season for Luke's character especially because um, I feel like Mary might be the closest person to him and mm -hmm. if she's not uh, up for being there for him I fear he might be completely alone, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Their relationship is going to be a lot of uh, Luke not, not letting Mary in but also Mary when he needs her she's going to be like oh you didn't listen to me as well when I needed you so it's going to be a lot of miscommunication and feelings of uh, being left out and alone for the both of them I think yeah mm. I don't think Mary has it in her to deny uh, Luke any help though Oh, for sure. Like she's not going to <laughs> deny it, but deep down there's a fracture there that yeah. they will need to talk about. Yeah, of course. I think there's definitely a divide at this point with Hamill Fox and you know, they're going to have to work through it. Yeah, which is sad because we got that scene uh, that was really cool and flirty and then we're back to drama. 
I mean, now it's really hard to solve. I mean, that's on Luke for not listening to Mary, though. It's true. He's being really stubborn. Now, Miss Alice, uh, I am so excited <laughs> for her getting out of Arkham. Yay! Um, I About really time. thought they were... Finally. Yeah, really <laughs> wasting her character with the setup that they had for her so far. Like Absolutely. She was not being used to her full potential. And she was so much fun and so endearing in this episode. I really love her. Uh, she was also one of my top picks for character of the week, but Mary and Sophie ended up winning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think she works so well with Mary and Sophie. And I feel like they have really found a balance between making Alice lovable and sympathetic whilst keeping her unpredictable, fun, and dangerous. Um, I love the, um, the hallucinations storyline. I think it's working really well. What do mm -hmm. you guys think? You know, I think if the show follows the comics, uh, we'll see sort of a resurgence of Beth in Alice, and that, you know, mm -hmm. Alice will eventually become a more subdued side of the character. But how I feel about that is very bittersweet, I have to confess, because on the one hand, I love to have Alice as this, you know, very unpredictable, morally ambiguous wildcard. Uh, you know, not to say outright morally deplorable, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, though, I think her side as Alice becoming less prominent and her sort of, you know, uh, becoming a lot softer around the edges is the natural progression for the character and also what yeah. she deserves. So uh, it's a double-edged sword for me and I'm curious to see what uh, the writers will wind up doing with her. For now, though, I'm happy to see her out of Arkham. I love to see the bad team taking over, you know, the responsibility that is caring for Alice. Uh, and I think it shows progress on everyone's end to see, you know, to see them show so much compassion towards her. Uh, yeah. Begrudgingly so. Finally. but <laughs> um, And I think at the end of the day, that compassion will be the thing to change her for the better. So moral of the story, uh, support rehabilitative justice, I guess. I Gotham love the conversation. <laughs> yeah, they really, they were like, hey, so the meds that they're giving her at Arkham are making her worse. And I thought, hello. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Uh, Arkham is awful to its prisoners slash patients. Shocker. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Brand new information, Arkham sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, what did you think? Um, I was thinking this episode is something that I didn't consider before, is that um, we saw Alice having Beth flashbacks in the previous seasons, but what I was thinking was every time we got her to be Beth, um, kind of speaking like that, uh, she was doing that because she wanted to find Kate or uh, she wanted to remember who she was with Kate and now mm -hmm. that Kate is a bit out of the picture I would actually really like her to explore what she was as Beth but without any connection with Kate like That's so who true. she was mm -hmm. yeah I think it would be really nice to see her explore her old identity that she tried to cover with layers and layers and layers of, of coping uh, mechanisms. protective yeah and coping mechanisms to just kind of remember a little bit of who she was, but as herself and not as Kate's sister who went missing. 
mm-hmm. you know and who she could have been yeah but yeah, i love that i hadn't thought of it in those terms yeah i i was thinking about it that this episode and i also hadn't considered it before but that would be really cool uh but i think we'll always have a balance like Ines said about uh her being evil and she's not she's never going to be a soft character but it's nice when we get those moments where she remembers who she was and she's really empathetic and tries to help the other characters. And mm-hmm. I also have to say, uh, Sophie and Alice were one of our favorite ships, uh, friendship ships, uh, in season <laughs> one. And we're finally getting some of that. And their dynamic is just amazing. I, I had so much fun. They were really funny together. They were so fun because they're really the opposite, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Sophie gets really annoyed at Alice and Alice is just there to make fun of everything. Uh, you know, I wanted to say, oh my God, they were roommates. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I and think they were Rachel roommates. and... <laughs> oh my God, they were roommates. <laughs> exactly you know i think rachel and megan really got their way uh from season one and you know sophie's nation rises once again yeah Uh, finally yeah all jokes aside though i love it i also love their dynamic in season two from the little we got to see of it uh and i find it very fitting that sophie will be the one on babysitting duty for Alice. (laughs) imagine i know literally no one is thinking this except me but imagine kate comes back and she's like wait Sophie and Alice are living together? Yes, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. How fun would that I know, no one thinks about Kay coming back. That would be so oh, fun. <laughs> oh, how the turntables have turned. So, as for the Jaded Jet as head of the Black Love Society storyline, I think we all saw that coming, but that makes me no less excited. I think she will be a great villain. We've been talking about this for the last couple of episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously I don't know anything about the Black Love Society but it was a bit predictable that she would be the the bad guy Yeah, but uh, I'm still excited what do you guys think? Uh, so Ines, do you know anything about the Black Love Society? any info? I mean, way to put me on the spot there (laughs) (laughs) but, you know (laughs) Black Love Society the Bee Gees the Bee Gees (laughs) (laughs) um you know, for the first time in a bit, I had to actually do some research because I didn't know anything about them uh, off the top of my head. So kudos to Batwoman for catching me unprepared. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> after some digging, uh, you know, I found out that the Bee Gees are in fact a part of the universe of DC Comics. And they're, you know, as the show put it, basically just a group of influential rich people who pull strings around Gotham. And the interesting thing, though, that I found out was that the character that Jada was inspired in uh, seems to have been, you know, born into the human trafficking trade within the Bee Gees mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, basically crawled her way into a position of power within the organization, all the while double-crossing Bruce Wayne. Uh, so not a girl boss gaslight gatekeep this, <laughs> but that's kind of cool. You have to admit it. Um, so I think Jada will be a great villain, but this episode actually had me thinking. 
what if Marcus is the real villain? And you know, stay with me for a second, but <laughs> I was already gonna it. say, boo, that's boring, but <laughs> <laughs> stay with me for a second. You know, it's very odd that Jada wants to put Marcus on ice. <laughs> and I'm positive mm. such, you know, an elaborate plan to get him out of the picture wasn't a last minute thing because you know we just found out about the anti-freeze stuff last episode and i very much doubt you know that she just wants to do that because he wants to get closer to ryan yeah. uh, and also we can't forget that marquise was born before ryan was so what what if we were, you know, completely wrong and Jada didn't send her away because she was a f uh, the product of an affair? Uh, you know, after all, ah. Jada's husband at the time and Marquis's father already knew about the affair anyway. Uh, so what if she sent her away because she was afraid Marquis would hurt her? You know, Ooh. I may be going out on a limb here, but I think it could be possible. Do you think he's lying about everything, including being her brother or is that out of the question i don't think he's lying about being her brother i think he just you know has very ill intentions towards her mm. i think he's definitely obsessed about himself mm. that's the like the only thing that i am certain about because this character is still so underdeveloped but that's the the feeling that i'm getting that it's all him 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 all the time you know, he, he knows what he wants and he wants to get it. So I'm scared for Ryan this season. It's going to be a very complicated season. Like there's so much still to happen. And there's so much going on already. Yeah, yeah at the same time. Handful. Yeah, all the, all the plot lines happening at the same time. I think each episode we're going to talk more on this podcast. We really mm -hmm. played ourselves by saying, this is the show we want to do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> we should have done Dickinson. You know, it should have been Dickinson. All, oh all God, time. don't talk about Dickinson, please. <laughs> I still haven't watched the new episodes because I'm scared. You know, shit, I yeah. have. Me neither. I have, and you're very justified in not having. I am not yet. emotionally available at the moment for Dickinson. <laughs> so, is there anything else you guys want to talk about that I haven't mentioned? Uh. Yeah, I just want to point out that uh, this episode in particular, we had a lot of scenes between mostly just the girls in the show, uh, or rather the women, you know. Yes, <laughs> uh, as we should. But I just, I just want to point out that I love the representation in this show. I feel, you know, very seen. Uh, I'm honestly quite in love with it and it makes me giddy and warm inside to see them all together yes and they're all they are all so complex it's not there's not a character that's that's there just to support the others they all yeah. have their role mm -hmm. and i i love batwoman for that Same. you know even jada you know <laughs> she's she's a villain yeah, jada but there's is a lot to unpack complex. there uh you know i also have to bring up Next episode, because I'm kind of stressed, uh, and we didn't save this for the podcast exactly, because I already showed you some pictures, <laughs> but it seems next episode we'll have uh, a villain from the DC Universe, and one that I definitely recognize. You've, you've been talking to the Batwoman writers about this, haven't you? 
Yeah. They owe me reparations already, even though, you know, they kind of want to uh, send me their own therapy bills. But I think that's unfair because <laughs> they are bringing all this pain onto uh, us as viewers. You know, they are the root of the problem. So I'm standing by... Uh, wanting them to pay for uh, my therapy appointments mm -hmm. but um we can compliment you know. the batwoman writers about their women character and in the same breath we can be like hey why are you doing this to me <laughs> exactly. what did i ever so do okay. to you we can do both i just love them <laughs> this is a love letter to them if they're if they happen to be listening but i hope they uh, are hi yeah. batwoman writers we love you batwoman writers <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I was talking you know about Professor Pig who's uh, a character that I recall very much from the Batwoman comics uh, and I, I honestly think we have a very <laughs> disgusting episode ahead of us and oh. I'm not prepared and I'm suffering in anticipation <laughs> oh boy oh, the pictures were so disgusting I'm not ready <laughs> The Batwoman writers give and the Batwoman writers take away. So I guess I just have to keep in mind that two weeks from now we'll be talking about Poison Ivy. Your warning to our listeners is going to next week's episode with an empty stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. especially because uh, from what I gather from the synopsis, next episode uh, will take place during a dinner at Jada's house so oh, oh wow yeah oh, no. so perfect make sure you don't eat anything before the episode is my warning stay safe <laughs> and I mean this episode is pretty gross on itself <laughs> we saw people yes. disintegrating I think I made a tweet on our account about you know human mashed potatoes or something like that so also <laughs> your tweet about the knees i also had a note in my notes app about how good the cgi was for this episode yeah mm -hmm. i was going to talk about that it was like ouch the first scene of the episode was so good him yep. disintegrating with the knees it hurt me physically mm -hmm. in general this season you can see that there's a little bit more budget and it's looking great mm -hmm. i agree well, that is it for this week's session. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Arkham underscore archives. And feel free to share your thoughts, comments, disagreements, and everything in between. Because we love a healthy discussion. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> Always. Do. Thank you once again to the people who help us with this podcast. From design to jingle to overall support and engagement. We love you guys. See you at our next appointment. And don't forget to be gay and do crime. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>